Hello and welcome back. This is episode 58 of the Nonsense Podcast. This episode we have on Chris Russo, who is the lead singer of High Wind, which is a, uh, a pop rock, pop punk outfit out of New Jersey. Uh, they're doing some very sick stuff. And, um, you know, Chris, of course, is leading the way on that. Uh, go check out their newest single, Sugar. It's actually at the end of the episode if you want to hear a little preview of it. But um, yeah, I, this was actually a really fun interview. Um, this is my first time meeting Chris and um, you know his, uh, his manager helped reach out, Abby, shout out Abby. Um, she was very helpful and uh, connected us. And so we were able to you know, sit down musician to musician, have a very uh, informative and honest conversation. And um, I think one of the main themes we pulled out of this is uh, you know, that we we still really abide by uh, a lot of the influences that we had when we were kids and just, um, you know, our formative years of starting to listen to music. So a lot of cool stuff uh, talking about the past in this episode. Um, so with that being said, we will see you uh, next month for our next episode, episode 59. And um, enjoy the song at the end of the episode. Again, it is Sugar by Highwind their newest single it is out streaming on all major platforms wherever you get your music um and catch chris at a show sometime i know he has some upcoming dates all right with that being said enjoy the episode and we'll see you next month that's right the band's name is what makes sense i'm here today with chris russo of high wind uh chris we have a lot to talk about today and i'm really excited that um i think it was what abby got us in contact together so mm-hmm. shout out abby um but yeah chris thanks to abby claire for being the best and thank yes. you for having me oh, of course of course and so um you know welcome to the nonsense podcast this is uh hosted by we like to say uh what makes sense but i just play bass so that's not you know that important in the grand scheme of things <laughs> but uh gotta shout out my it's band important to me yeah. so i appreciate it all right it. cool cool <laughs> at least somebody in the room likes it um as someone who also plays bass like that's i get what I'm it talking like, about yeah instrumentalist like i have my fender mustang bass sitting right in my case over here so that that's like the next bass i want to get for sure i love that thing so is it so nice I, are they all short scale i guess right i believe so i mean the mustang in general is a short scale instrument so i would imagine that all of them are short scale unless custom built otherwise yeah i bought that thing on an impulse because it's short scale and it just feels so much more comfortable playing my hands you could chuck it around i, I didn't it's realize that it's so nice it's so light and it's so much fun i almost wish i had like more fill-in bass gigs to just throw that thing around on stage it's so nice do you know uh white reaper I know the name. My friend Guy, who plays in a band called Idle Wave, talked about them a lot for the longest That's time. That's cool. Yeah, they're uh, they're so sick. Um, but the reason I, I learned about Fender Mustang basses specifically was because their bassist has used it since the dawn of time, and he just like makes it look like the coolest instrument ever it's just so that's sick the, yeah oh, that's awesome like i mean you it's the size of a guitar and you can play it like a cool like guitar guy mm-hmm. you know so like plus it has yeah. so much it has so much nice extra bite to it because of the short it scale. does like, i didn't realize the shorter scale neck was going to give it like that much of a tonal difference it's so full it's so nice yeah so like i i saw one. i i'm kicking myself now because i saw one in a guitar center for like 400 or 500 one time and i was like mm-hmm. what's wrong with it <laughs> it's like so good but uh yeah i should have exactly. got it i think I, I bought mine off of an impulse online from 
Russo Music in Asbury Park, not too far from where I'm from. Because I needed a new bass. Mine, the one I bought forever ago was shot. So I'm like, okay, it's time to upgrade. It, it, it was like, what, April of, April or May of 2020, something like that. And I just needed a bass to start recording demos with. So I'm like, sure, let's treat myself. We're all suffering. I might as well get myself something nice. Why not? <laughs> Why the fuck not? So, and lo and behold, it's the nicest bass I've ever played. That's amazing. Well, I, I'm glad to be talking to another bassist. Um, it's mm. I feel like we can always have the most genuine conversation. So, um, Chris, I just want you to... So, I mean, we've established that you play bass. I know also you are the lead singer of High Wind as well. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you also have a significant role in writing all the lyrics as well? So, I... High Wind is one of two people. Me and then Dan Smith mm-hmm. on drums. I write everything but the drums. So at root, I'm a guitar player. I started playing guitar when I was 12. Um, started songwriting when I was like 17. And then High Wind was really, oh God, I started writing for High Wind like four years ago. And then that's really where I pushed my songwriting to kind of be a lot more out of the box of what I'm used to. So yeah, absolutely. Lyrics and everything, it's all me. Guitars are all me. Bass, synth, keys, all that. It's all me. I can't play the drums to save my life, which is why Dan is here. <laughs> you need that's like the one piece of a band I feel like you you just you can't skip out on. Like you need somebody never, who plays never. drums. <laughs> Highwind would not be what it is now if Dan Smith wasn't here. Like he's such a talented drummer and his parts are super creative. So I genuinely could not be doing this new era of Highwind if it wasn't for him. Shout out to all the drummers and their baby mamas. <laughs> um chef's kiss to the drummers yeah. and chef's oh. kiss to the mothers of those drummers yeah. like you guys are great so um chris as we were discussing on uh you know the right before we were getting on this uh call the new format for this year we're gonna do three questions um you know keep it keep it casual of course and i'm just interested to hear uh you know what your answers are uh but first of all um, I do want to shout out. I know you guys just played a show with another one down or a few shows with another mm-hmm. one down. We did a full weekend worth with another one down and it was so much fun. We have that coming in March. So I'm very excited. Those guys are amazing. Have fun. Shout out another one down. Very, very cool. Great new album. Fantastic. Uh, a Bitter Descent. Absolutely phenomenal. So good. What a good band. What's your favorite song like off seeing of them it? Play- uh, Stuck in the Wake. Hands I know down. I only said three Stuck questions, but that one's an exception. It, it counts. It's 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 part of the branch off from that question. Yeah, I like Sulk a lot, mainly because oh, the Sulk bass. is really good. But Exeter is really good too. Yeah. Exeter is sick, but I'm I, stuck in the wake is just. It is so well written, so good. We are we actually have the same producer, and um, he is so good at making uh, jazz basses sound really nice. Uh, actually, excuse me, he uh-huh. has a a P bass that he's like modded out in his studio. And I've used that on a few songs, and I think that was the one they used on that album because I was like, fuck, it just sounds so good. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to going back and using that bass again. I I love my bass. Yeah. I talk too much about it on this podcast. It's a 75 Gibson Ripper. Great bass. The Gibsons are so nice. That's, that, that's it is, like... But- I don't think it holds like pure paramore tone base though. Yeah, yeah. They I just found out they use that, uh, which was like pretty Mm -hmm. I was pretty stoked on. But I I think in terms of like if you're gonna DI it, it doesn't hold a candle to like 
vendor bases. They just they just sound great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, absolutely, 100%. I don't want to get too off track. So let's get into our first question. Um, this is a Play question I'm going to ask everybody this year who's involved with a band or you know podcast or any sort of media outlet, anything music related. Why should people listen to High Wind? People should listen to High Wind because it's just an honest telling of what I feel and I'm sure what other people can relate to. It's it's just meant to be a little something for everyone. Like, we're going to be putting out an album in a few months, and I think that there is something everyone will enjoy sonically. I think that's something everyone can relate to lyrically. And at the end of the day, it's just going to be pop songs that are fun to dance to, fun to vibe to. There's things that are a little slowed down that are meant for you to just chill and relax you, like, you know, stare out out of a rainy window at. Like, <laughs> I think that High Wind is something that everyone should give a chance because I think out of the many songs that we're going to put out on that album, there's going to be something for everyone to enjoy. Unless you're, like, only into, like, hardcore <laughs> metal, then it sucks for you. Like, you're not going to find anything on a pop album. But if you like anything within that spectrum of, like, pop, pop punk alternative indie bedroom pop like anything within that alternative spectrum you'll find something you like i am firmly confident in that i mean look even hardcore dudes can appreciate it you can't be angry mm-hmm. all the time and yeah you know one of the funniest things i think um you probably know them too mark from goalkeeper knows everybody i'd be surprised if you don't know mark from goalkeeper because he's i know the name I've seen Goalkeeper. I don't know him personally. Thank God I finally found somebody who doesn't know him. He is just everybody's best friend. <laughs> and it makes me so skeptical because every time we go to his house, every time we play Philly, uh, he has a stay there. And he's like the best host ever, coolest guy ever. I mean, all the guys nice. in Goalkeeper are just outstanding human beings. Well, hook beings. me up. Give me the connection. For real. I'll play shows with Goalkeeper. I'll be his next best friend. Next- I like making new friends. Dude, uh, I'm an extrovert. I'm down for this. So good. But... He, it's just like everybody's best friends with him. He's the nicest guy ever. I'm mm-hmm. like, Mark, <laughs> like, are you actually being nice to me or is this just everybody else? <laughs> so, wow. Okay. Yeah. I know the feeling. I know yeah. people that are like, no, that. but it's genuine. But, um, uh, what was I going to go? So th- they were telling me, um, you know, I think this was actually a previous interview. This was, uh, Ryan, their bassist, actually, Le- bassist and lead singer, too, funny enough. But he was telling me um, what their most popular song, which congratulations to them, just hit over a million view uh, listens, is um, "Sunshine." And so, mm-hmm. it's a very like it's a very poppy song. It's a optimistic song, and uh, they said like we'll play shows with you know mixed mixed uh, bill shows, and you know there's some hardcore dudes, and the, they'll be sitting there like arms crossed, but heads bopping to the song it the whole time. Yeah, because but they like the song, like the head be bopping, so like. <laughs> They could, be, yeah, yeah, and um. Also, you know, speaking of just <laughs> songs in general, you just released a new single. Let's not uh, glaze over that. Mm-hmm. That was like a week ago, right? It's uh, fine for you, mm-hmm. right? It was. Yep, fine for you came out just a little over a week ago, and that is without a doubt one of my favorite songs I've ever written as a songwriter. So uh, let's get into that a little bit until we get to the uh, next question. So, you know, what what's it about? Uh, what sort of headspace were you in when you wrote it? Uh, so fine for you is kind of like my letter written out of a lack of confidence about wanting to be good enough for, you know, my friends, my family, the people that listen to my music that don't listen to my music, just wanting to be good enough for someone. Funnily enough, the song just kind of came out of nowhere. 
um, on my Nintendo Switch, I play Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist, right? So cool. And there's there's this there's this menu track that doesn't have any percussion to it. It's just like a lot of floating ambient synths. Now, in my family room, where I'll play video games from time to time, there's this chair. I was telling our filling guitar assist, and she thought it was hysterical. There's this chair that has metal arms on it, and if you tap on that, the arm of the chair, it rings in the note of E-flat. Okay. How I know that, I don't know, <laughs> but it rings in the note of E-flat. So I was tapping a rhythm to it, like a... Like 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 that the little like the snare you hear in the beginning of it. So I'm like, oh, that's a cool rhythm. I just start writing around that kind of rhythm. And lo and behold, I stop, think for a second, I go to take a shower, come back, write the whole song in like twenty minutes. <laughs> Cause it's just like, you know, it comes from a place of just raw honesty mm-hmm. where my brain was just thinking it, wrote it out, and then I wrote around that 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 snare rhythm around those lyrics and it just kind of became this somber melody of just this somber anthem of just wanting to be good enough for someone that's amazing i think that's realistically the most natural my songwriting has ever been and i think that's why i love it so much because it's just raw emotion pen to paper hands on a keyboard hands on an acoustic guitar just playing whatever i was feeling in that moment and I don't think I've ever been more proud of the song than I am with that song. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm proud of everything yeah. <laughs> that's going to go on this record that everyone's going to hear. But that's, that song that song holds a special place in my heart. That's cool, too, because you have something associated with you. It's not just like, all right, I, I wrote a, you know I wrote the song and then you know I just kind of wrote the lyrics. It was just like, this mm-hmm. comes from a, a real place in, in your life, you know. As as insignificant as it may seem, you know, that's something you enjoy, you know, playing Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. and now you're like I, I created got my something everywhere I go. That's amazing. I love the single running back. <laughs> yeah, right there. That's so sick. Well yeah, I was literally playing Yu Gi Oh before we got on the call. I got no shit. Nice. Oh man. Alright. Let's all right. Let's get to the next song. Um everybody listen to the new single, by the way. <laughs> and also upcoming yeah, you know, album. World, did. That was sick. That's sick to hear. I'm excited for thank that. You, thank you. Um, so, yes, next song. Uh, I think this is actually a great transition. What is your relationship with music? I have been a music fanatic since, as long as I can remember, since I was three years old, listening to my mom's CD player, listening to an NSYNC CD. Like, you know, nice. sitting there with my mom as she watched TV with, you know, these big headphones on for my tiny little ears as a three-year-old just listening to NSYNC. And then just as years went on, I grew more fond of music playing games like Dance Dance Revolution and Guitar Hero, Hero as a kid. Um, I was really bad at sports growing up, so I, I played sports until I was 12. And I straight up, I remember telling my parents, like, you know, I don't care about this anymore. <laughs> like, I want to do something else. So my dad bought me a first act guitar when I was 12. I started taking lessons from a close family friend a few months later, went to an actual music store in Red Bank, New Jersey, not too far from where I live, and it's just kind of stuck ever since. Like, I started taking I started taking music seriously at 13, more or less. Like, I started covering songs like crazy. I hated tabs and sheet music with a burning passion, yeah. so that's where <laughs> I said, hey, I'm going to start learning these things by ear. Let's see if I can figure it out, and that's the only way I learn songs now. I started doing open mic nights and things like that when I was 15 with an old friend from quote unquote high school because I was homeschooled, so I can't really say (laughs) high school friends. Um, I started playing in bands when I was 17. 
started doing a lot of fill-in gigs when I was like 19. And here I am now doing Highwind at 25 years old. My, my journey with music has literally been a lifelong thing. Like I remember listening to The Dangerous Summer for the first time, The Permanent Rain by The Dangerous Summer, and just having that, that epiphany of like, what kind of music is this? Yeah. I want to write this. I remember seeing, you no, know, Patty Walters doing his YouTube covers and being like, I want to sing. I want to sound like that. I'm going to work on this. And obviously, you know, I'm writing pop music now, so it, the, the path veered a little bit. But, like, I remember all of these moments of inspiration of wanting to play guitar, wanting to songwrite, wanting to sing. Like, my, my I can remember every specific moment of inspiration even like i said as far back as three years old listening to yeah. nsync on a little cd player <laughs> that's such a trip i i actually had a little bit of uh it wasn't deja vu but like kind of like a flashback um just listening to some music like the other day um i've definitely taken after my dad in that when i find music that i like i listen to it and i listen to it a lot on repeat like unashamedly <laughs> And um, mm-hmm. that was kind of like, you know, I mean, that was also really, I guess, kind of the, the CD era, too, was, uh, you know, uh, we'd be driving around listening to CDs. And um, I've now kind of come full circle from a, a childhood of listening to a lot of just the Grateful Dead's like hits <laughs> in the summer, mm-hmm. or, like Jerry Garcia band. And my dad's like not nice. a, my dad's not a deadhead whatsoever. Um but but it's just part of the rotation he, of music. He just right? yeah. He listened to it every now and then, and um, he had uh, I think it's called like Garcia Live, and um, we listened to that album a lot in the summer, and nice. So I just like stumbled on it again. I I, I listen to the Dead a lot now. I I didn't really up until probably like college, um, and rediscovered it. And like I listened to that song first like three notes and it just threw me right back into like it all came back 1999 to you, right? it was insane that's awesome yeah yeah that would be around the time when i was out yeah i was three in 1999 so like that would make sense yeah that is that era of cds and everything coming full circle yeah i also uh speaking of cds and in memories i was listening to dookie over the weekend and nice. um I, I posted like I put it something up on my Instagram story. I think it was probably like you know burnout or whatever uh, song I was listening to at the time. My friend's like, dude, I said like, no, actually, sorry. My friend texted me because he was like, dude, I just saw in like alt press, he's like twenty years old, and I'm like, holy shit! I remember going oh to my local God. Barnes and Noble and buying that CD as like my second uh-huh. Green Day CD ever, and Let's nothing go. was the same after that. Like mm-hmm. that was insane. That's awesome. That's that's such a cool memory to have too. Like buying that CD or buying one of those first CDs that really changed. Your I life, remember you know? like like looking I really at buy- the album in the parking lot, and like mm-hmm. I still remember that time where I was looking at the artwork, and then I was like, "This is a cool CD." Like that was years ago. That's a, it's just mm-hmm. crazy core but memories. Like, it's those moments that you know stick in your head. Like I remember going to some niche CD store. In the mall that's not too far from my house. I remember, you know, purple, blue, and yellow neon lights just walking around and seeing, <laughs> you know, the NSYNC album cover with, like, you know, all of them on puppet strings doing their own little thing. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget that wow. moment, you know. I, and even if you want to go, like, a full decade later, like, I remember, you know, the first CD I bought with my own money, you know, with my own first job at, you know, Hot Topic forever ago. Yeah. Was the, the Warp Tour compilation with Tim McElroy from Rise Against on the cover. That's you know? sick. 
Like, I, I remember all those niche moments where, while it might not seem like a whole lot to the outside viewer, you remember that moment and why that moment inspired you and what about that moment changed your life or what about that little CD you're looking at in the liner notes? Like, oh my God, mm -hmm. like this is real and tangible and listening to it for the first time, you know? I think that's why, um, you know, I've recently started getting into vinyls because it's it's that same feeling. Um, mm -hmm. It's expensive and I don't get them that often, but um, you know, it's not like a ten dollar CD anymore. It's like yeah, a exactly. twenty five dollar like vinyl, thirty dollar <laughs> yeah. vinyl disc. Yeah, I mean, I still have my vinyl collection sitting here, but I I had to sell like half of it so I could afford a down payment on my car. But you know, there's certain things that you can't you know bring yourself to sell. Yeah. Like I still have Paramore's All We Know Is Falling That's... on vinyl. I still have Real Friends, Maybe This Place is the Same, Counterparts, The Difference Between Hell and Home, the 1975 self-title, because cool. these are all albums that influenced my life in one way or another. And, and, I just and look, the ones, can't you bring sold, myself to sell it. the ones you sold will turn up in a bin in five years for mm -hmm. half of what you sold it. So you'll get your money back. Exactly. And even then, like, even if I don't, like, I still have all the albums that really changed my life or yeah. albums that my friends put out that you know are just well worth the money because that's a piece of their history that i'll have and i'll be able to cherish forever i know um or at least until it warps and i have to get rid of it yeah like you know <laughs> i know i'm trying like my best to like keep it away from like you know sources of heat and stuff and i've been told what's it like 180 grain vinyls better because it's you know it's thicker or whatever i'm not too worried about it i have a lot of vinyl that i inherited from uh my grandmother which a lot of them were also my mother's um that she just like you know once cds came she stopped listening to so they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're still good they're just scratched but they've they've stood the test of time they were in like a basement that like was wow. humid none of them warped they're just scratched i was like that's amazing that's awesome yeah that's cool that's sick oh a funny story. You're the first person to hear. Actually, my girlfriend was the first person to hear this. But I was like, I got a bunch of these albums. I don't know why my grandparents were obsessed with them, but they're one of my. They're some of my favorite vinyls, and I call them SpongeBob Core because that's what it is. It's the music that plays like in between SpongeBob. It's that genre of music, whatever it is. It's not surf rock, but it's SpongeBob Core. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, it's so uh, sick. Sponge, I've never... Because I remember... See, when you say that, I think of like SpongeCore when that was like a YouTube meme. Oh, yeah. When kids would write hardcore riffs uh -huh. with just SpongeBob and Patrick and all that. Very much over the it. opposite. So when you say that, that's what I think. But no, I know what you're saying. I understand. I get that. I can hear that kind of stuff playing in my head. Like the... Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's... Uh, like that Like that kind of stuff. What's the name? Um, Santo and Johnny. That's one to look up. It's actually really sick music. Um, nice musician musician I know you'll appreciate it but like yeah it's it's literally that it's just it the album literally starts with seagulls I'm not kidding it starts with seagull noises that's awesome and then it goes into like a guitar going wow wow <laughs> that's awesome yeah I really that's that's actually really cool that's got to be like nostalgia for you at this I point that's awesome. I cherish those yeah and it's got the you know because it is literally like 50 years old it's got you know kind of a little bit of a scratchiness when you play it's probably ruining the needle on my you know player but i don't have an expensive yeah, that's vinyl fine. Player. those are easily replaceable. yeah i those don't really fine. care about that that's fine <laughs> that part's fine you don't gotta worry about that yeah <laughs> um 
Yeah. I, so I guess that brings me to my next question. Um, so we've talked about a lot of the music that we enjoy, a lot of music that influenced us. Now, <laughs> what is a song that you absolutely cannot stand? Like, oh, immediate God. skip when it comes on. Um. Oh, that's really hard because I I do I listen to I listen to a lot of music, but I, I guess not really a song because I couldn't tell you a song title to save my life. But I can't stand listening to baby metal. I can't. Baby metal? What's like that? Like the band Baby Metal? Like, do you know, like, the, they're like a Japanese band, right? No, no. I, I don't know. So, Baby... Okay, so I'm a really big fan of a lot of Japanese rock music. Like, See You Smile has been in my constant Japanese listening. music's really Castaways, sick. Yeah. Japanese rock is phenomenal. So, like, Castaways in my, my repeat, Suspended Fourth, like, all these bands are in my repeat. But then, like, Baby Metal, I can't do it. That's, like, the, the one... Again, I couldn't think of a song title to save my life because it's been so long since I've had any of that appear in, like, my Spotify or anything like that. But it's that's the just, only thing yeah. that comes to mind right now. Like, I can't I can't stand baby metal. Like, like there's something about, like, 12-year-olds singing over, like, death metal <laughs> riffs that irks the ever-loving pit. Am I allowed to curse on this? Absolutely. Am I allowed Absolutely. to say... Absolutely. Let it go. God! Baby metal irks the ever-loving piss out of me, dude! <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, but 12-year-olds singing over fucking death metal riffs pisses me off like there's no tomorrow so the moment i hear like dun, 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 oh my God. like no please stop <laughs> no more please stop there's no reason this deserves to be popular and i know like i'm pretty sure baby metal toured with like red hot chili peppers at some point really and i know baby metal is on a bring me the horizon song and it just irks me so much for some reason they i just looked them up on like spotify like they they pull numbers. Like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. It's insane, right? It, it's literally like an internet phenomenon. And I just, I don't understand Top it. songs, and like, give like, me chocolate. Yeah, exactly. What? And like I said, like, I'm an absolute sucker for J-Rock, J-Pop, yeah. and everything else in the genre. Like I said, See You Smile has become one of my favorite bands. They put out a phenomenal EP called The Hype EP last year. Literally my most listened to thing last year outside of my favorite band. So why I can't stand this is beyond me because it's so within my niche of music. I don't get it. You know what's really cool is uh, Japanese easy core. Because I, I feel like mm-hmm. um, I, I think what's what's remarkable is that they've learned English well enough to sing. But, um, you know, there's I, I think just internationally, there is sort of a perception as to what American pop punk is. And so when other, uh, you know, countries do american style pop punk it's it's very much just like i'm in high school and i'm pissed off like i heard like Uh a german pop punk song the other day in english and i was like it's really just like the foundation of pop punk it's it's so great yeah that's awesome (laughs) but um that that, that's hysterical but yeah is really sick if you've if you Mm -hmm. i i i I don't remember any band names but it, they what they what they've done in Japan right now is I I think you know there's a a little bit of a a few years delay and like Easycore you know had its kind of heyday twenty yeah of course like Jungno Captain Trunk four year yeah. song and all of those bands that like twenty twelve twenty fifteen I'd say like they ruled the world like they were on top yeah, absolutely 100%. um you know then it, it this is kind of it got saturated and you know it, it ran its course I mean I still love it so like every much. niche and every genre yeah. It it was very niche, you know, because um, like you know, preceding that was like screamo, and then you know it ended up going into a little bit more of a, a commercially acceptable kind of version of it. 
with Easy Core. Yeah, yeah, of course. But um, I think what was interesting is that now there's like these Japanese Easy Core bands that you know started in like 2017, and now they're like getting big over there. And um, I'm in a few like Easy Core Facebook groups just because I was like, I finally put a label to like that genre because I was like, what genre is this? Like, I don't, yeah, I'm yeah. not that well versed in genres like that, or at least I wasn't, you know, until I I joined a, a serious band. And so <laughs> it's just funny to see like everybody's like, dude, have you heard this new Easy Core band? I'm like, what do you mean by new Easy Core? I thought that was like gone, but like, it's really still a lot. It's still a thing that people like, yeah. yeah. Nah, it's still a thing that people love and adore. Absolutely. Cause, Speaking cause, like, of you that, know, like, um, like uh, another one down. They were they were mm-hmm. doing that three years ago. It was fucking sick. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then you know, like, like as time moved on, they changed their niche a little bit. They changed their style of writing. But even then, like when they were doing it, it was sick. You know, I'd be li- I'd be lying if I said I didn't listen to a hell of a lot of Chunk No Captain Chunk yeah. growing up. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said they weren't the first band I crowd surfed to because they were absolutely That's the amazing. first band I crowd surfed to. Where did you see them? So, yeah, Warped Tour 2014 was the first time I saw them. I saw them again at Warped Tour 2016. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but they were the main support for IC Stars, and they played a venue that was (laughs) called Game Changer World here in Jersey. God, I don't remember. I want to say that was 2017. That's funny that that they were support. Yeah, no, IC Stars were headlining because I think... New Demons was new at the time? I think? I don't remember. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what year it was or what was go- what exactly was going on at the time, but I'm pretty sure it was 2017. I'm pretty sure New Demons was the new record. And Chung No Cap and Chunk was direct support for them. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that Get Lost, Find Yourself was brand new. What an album. Oh, my God. Absolutely phenomenal album. <laughs> I was really into 100% that. Hundred like, percent, album. Three years ago, uh, like I listened mm. to it, uh, listen to songs. I should say off of it every single day, every morning on my way to work. Like that was that was significant. Good taste. Good taste. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I was also just discovering like Easy Core. Like I wasn't really that big into pop punk at all until after college, which is just so strange. <laughs> But mm-hmm. plays in my advantage because now I'm discovering albums that are like ten years old now. So I'm like, oh, this yeah. new shit, you know. And that's <laughs> such a good feeling too, you know. Like finding these albums that everyone was listening to like a decade to get decades ago, and it being new to you is awesome, yeah. you know. You you get to relive their nostalgia, which is sick. Yeah, like the other day, I was like, have you guys ever heard this album by Neck Deep? Life's not out to get you. It's really good, and everybody's like, yeah, we fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> So my friend CJ is very much in that same boat as you. He's one of my best friends. I play Fortnite with him almost every week. He produced the first Highwind EP. Like CJ's been a friend of mine for years on end now. He only just started listening to State Champs and Neck Deep not too long Amazing. ago. When he, he his big niche is like early 2000s, like emo and whatever's going on for pop punk then. Like Yellow Card is his favorite band of all time. That's cool. He knows Newfound Glory real, real well. He loves Circus Survive and bands like that. So seeing him discover state champs and neck deep and getting used to all that now is so much fun for me to watch because I listened to the finer things when it was new, yeah. you know, like I listened to life's not out to get you when it was new. Like I remember when these bands were like nobodies, like I saw neck deep as main support for real friends wow. back when maybe this place <laughs> the same was new, you know? So, so like I was there 
when these albums was, were new. So seeing him discover all this now is so fun for me to watch. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like for a very long time I was scratching the surface on it. Um, you know, I, I knew of uh, of Knuckle Puck. Yeah, I knew like one song by them in mm-hmm. college, but it wasn't until four or five years after that that I actually like started listening to them. Um, same with the story so far. I knew Rome. That was, you know, I love that song, but I didn't know shit about them. <laughs> like, uh, of course, like, like, you know, they were just there on your radar. They yeah. were just existing at that point. Now I'm like, oh my God, every album they've, the story so far has put out is like my Holy grail. Like, I'm like, they don't, mm-hmm. there's not a, I still have a poster from like. the, what you don't see promo on my wall right now. Like wow. I'm staring at it from March 26, 2013. Wow. Like, That's amazing. Oh, uh, speaking of that album, I mean, uh, besides the fact that I listen to it every week is, um, <laughs> Is that that was actually the first introduction? I mean, besides Proper Dose, which like who hasn't listened to that and liked it? I actually have that on vinyl, which I'm very appreciative. Nice of um, that was a Christmas gift this year and very meaningful. Um, nice, but that I think was the first album of the story so far that I actually sat down and listened to, like all the way through. And I was like, there is awesome. nothing written like this out here. Like, this is incredible. That was when I first joined oh, yeah. this. Uh, I when I that. first joined What Makes Sense, they were like, I was like, guys, mm-hmm. I-, I like this genre. I'm just not very familiar with it. I've only played in like punk bands. So, like, what's up with this? They're like, listen to this album and you will really enjoy okay, it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and I fucking did. Fair and enough. I really liked it. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Hell yeah. So. We are coming up on time, so a um, little bit some, something a little bit different that I've been doing this year is I just want it, it's literally anything. It's your time. Uh, I just want you to leave the listeners with a parting thought. It could be anything about the band. It could be anything about music in general, um, life. It it doesn't have to be about anything specific to the conversations we've had. Okay, just, just a, nonsense. Yeah, a f- nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. Final parting thought. Um, it's gonna be th- three three individual little thoughts. Perfect. One, um, as a musician, if you listen to High Wind or have given us any attention in some way, shape, or form, have been to a show, have bought merch, even know of our existence, have listened to a song, thank you for that. Thank you for any sort of time and attention you have given my honest little pop rock project. It means the world to me. Um, Cherish your loved ones. Cherish the people you hold close. Uh, You never know when they're going to leave you or when they're going to be gone. So please cherish them. Call that person you're thinking about and tell them that you love them. Um, Give yourself a mental break. Find that couple hours within your day to just give yourself some downtime. The world is a very stressful place, especially now more than ever. So give yourself that time to play your Nintendo Switch or watch your YouTube video or watch that Netflix special or to read your book or to draw a drawing or paint a painting or that thing that decompresses you. Just give yourself some downtime. Not only have you earned it, you deserve it, even if you feel like you haven't earned it because everyone deserves that time to just decompress. I love Those that. Those are my three parting thoughts. I love that. I I'm definitely keeping this segment in every future episode. Like I, I do like these. You never know what thoughts. someone's gonna say. Yeah, it's that's amazing. Well, Chris, it, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I always love the opportunity to discover a new band. Um, 
you know, yesterday and excuse me, two days ago when Abby contacted me, wasn't my first time hearing about you. I uh, I saw you, you know, through um, George Powell's interview. And so that was very cool. And, you know, got mm. to listen. Also, I saw that you were playing with another one down. So, um, you know, very I feel like we've just been sort of, uh, you know, passing like ships. Everything ships led up night. to this moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, this this was meant to be. <laughs> So, um, absolutely. I mean, we definitely got to get a show together. Uh, we haven't, I, I think we've only played Jersey once, so, uh, would definitely love to do it what again. What part of Jersey? We played, uh, you ever been to the Northside Lounge? I have not. Manville, actually. New Jersey. Um, what? I can give you the contact for Ernie. He, uh, he runs a very cool. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Ernie yes, through, yes, yes. uh, Damn Ernie. Straight. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I know Damn Straight, yes. Okay, cool. He does so I much cool work. I had to pinpoint work. where Manville was for a sec. Manville's definitely north of where I'm from. Oh, yeah? Because I'm I'm, I'm in, I'm right near Asbury Park, so I'm like right oh, you dead are center south. of Jersey okay. towards the shore. Oh, so, sorry. Like, We've played me, there twice. Like, we, we played Asbury Park. We played The Saint. Okay, yeah. I, I know exactly where that is. I threw my 21st birthday show there when I was That's in my awesome. old pop punk band. I know The Saint, so... That's really cool. But yeah, cool. whenever you want to play shows together, let me know. I'd love to bring y'all here. I'd love to play by you guys. Say the word. Yes, yes. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for Have a good evening. Me.